You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we discuss topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and how it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we're going to discuss the question, how do I figure out God's will for my life? So every one of us makes decisions from the smallest decisions all the way to the biggest decisions. And there are times where we want to know what God thinks and we want to find out what he wants us to do. So how do we think about that? How do we think about him as it pertains to our decision-making? That's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome into Church Unplugged. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Church Unplugged. Uh, it's great to be with you. My name is Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got Todd Ionetta, Joe Coffey, and Zach Wyrock with me today. Today, we are discussing a question that uh, I know I've thought about at times. Maybe you have, too. The question is, how do I figure out God's will for my life? So there are so many times where whether we're trying to make a decision or we're trying to figure out what our future holds and we want to know what God has to say and it can be easy to get paralyzed by a fear of making a mistake or just feel like, I just don't know what God wants me to do. So how do we figure that out? How do we find where God wants us to go? Guys, what do you think? Where should we start? Yeah, I think I would say that I think there's a more fundamental question underneath this one that you have to answer first and that is like, who is God? What is the nature of God? Because I think often when I hear people talking about finding God's will, uh, I think they treat it almost as though God is hiding from them. God is obscuring his will. They have to go search for it. God might not let them find it, you know, that, that kind of thing. And I think the Bible makes clear, you know, just think of John 1, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And John starts his whole gospel off like, hey, God wants to be known. God has spoken in Jesus. And throughout the Bible, God is constantly revealing himself and revealing his plans and revealing his promises. And so I think your starting point is saying that we want to make sure that however we think about God's will, it's it's in line with God's character. And I think God's character in the Bible is not certainly that he wants to be fully known by us as though that were possible. We're not God. But that God isn't hiding from us, that he has come to us and made himself known. And whatever methodology we adopt to find his will, it needs to be in keeping with that. D- does that make sense? Yeah, well, I think there's a lot that God does reveal about his will that everybody knows. Usually when people are asking the question, Jimmy, that you're asking, they're saying, I have these two choices. It's an amoral choice. There's not. It's not about sin or not sin. This is about, you know, what school I should go to, what I should, what job I should take. And there, I think, you know, the Bible talks a lot about wisdom. And if in some ways, I think sometimes we want God to make decisions for us so that we don't have to have responsibility over the choice we make. So I think you have to be careful about what you are trying to get God to do. Uh, I'll tell one quick story. Uh, when I was a young man, I was talking to an older man who was very, very spiritual, very godly, and he prayed a ton, right? And he told me that he was at one point in his life, he had read an obscure verse in Isaiah about uh, hearing a voice behind you saying, uh, this is the right way to go. And he decided he wouldn't carry maps anymore because he would just pray. That was back when you carried maps. And he said he came to a T in a road. He was going someplace and he turned, he prayed and he felt like God told him to turn right. And so he turned right, got about a mile down the road, decided, figured out he'd gone the wrong direction. And he said, I pulled the car over because I was so stunned. And I thought, what is God doing? I don't, I don't get this. So I asked God, I don't, I don't understand. I prayed. I thought you said turn right. And then he said, Joe, as clear as God ever spoke to me, he said, Roy, quit asking me stupid questions. 
And I think that is, to me, that sounded like God. Part of him was saying uh, he was misusing the whole idea of finding the will of God or finding direction from God by putting things on God that maybe God doesn't didn't want him to put on him. Yeah, I think it's somewhat true too, Joe. Just like you said, sometimes we're agonizing over decisions where uh, God has not spoken clearly, you know, so that if you say, I've been offered a job in Nebraska or a job in Wyoming, you're not going to turn to a verse in the Bible that's going to say, go to Wyoming, go to Nebraska, unless you take a verse and do great violence to it to somehow bend it that way. I think the Bible also talks a lot about freedom. Uh, right. Again, it's connected to the gospel because in other religions, God is constantly grading us, right? So I do good, I get good points, I do bad, I get bad points, and at the end, there's this cosmic reckoning in which, my, you know, I hope my good points outweigh my bad points. But the gospel is that Jesus died for all our bad points and credited all of his good points towards us. So from a Christian perspective, um, no matter what decision I make, and that doesn't, again, doesn't mean one decision isn't wiser than the other, certainly, but no matter what decision I make, I'm not rising or falling in the eyes of God. God couldn't love me more. He couldn't love me less. That's been one for me in Jesus. And again, part of the agonizing, I think, is a misunderstanding over who God is and a misunderstanding of my standing before God, that somehow, what if I take the wrong job? What if I live in the wrong city? What if I... And, and you can play that out and say, well, then I'm going to die, and I'm going to be welcomed into heaven on the basis of Jesus's finished work on yeah. my behalf, right? So, well, And the question, too, is what are you after? You know, a lot of people are, making, are trying to make those decisions for the best life that they can have, right? Instead of saying, what if God's will for me is to make me Christ-like, which is always his will. Right? Can God make me Christ-like if I'm in Nebraska as opposed to here? And the answer is absolutely. That is a good question that he asked. Like, the question is, what is the worst thing that could happen to me if I make this decision? And like he said, yeah, maybe maybe I end up dying, which still is probably not even the worst thing right. that would happen not in, in most, most decisions. decisions. <laughs> um, but I also think I, I, I echo what Zach said because I heard – uh, I think it was J.D. Greer that said this. He prays this gospel prayer over his life every day, and one of the things he says is like, today there is not one thing I can do to make you love me any less or to make you love me any more. And like to, ha- to have that kind of confidence moving forward with any decision you make. And it's exclusively Christian. That, that's my, that, that confidence is like that that's, doesn't exist in any other religion, in any other worldview. It's exclusively Christian to say. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess the this... The main thing, if I sat down with someone who is agonizing over God's will, I would want to get to the root of what what is it exactly that's call it causing them agony, right? Is it right. this idea that there is this one job out there that I'm supposed to take and, and God forgot to put it in the Bible? Or is it if I'd make the wrong move, God's not going to love me, God's not going to bless me, God's not going to take care of me? And I think both of those are easily defeated in the Scriptures. But sometimes I wonder, too, if... We spend a lot of time agonizing over God's will so we don't have to reckon with what we know he wants. Right. Like pastorally, I think sometimes I sit with people, they're like, well, I don't know if I should date this girl or this girl, or I don't know if I take this job or that job, or I don't know. And, and I, if I just ask, like, well, who are you sharing the gospel with? Who are you discipling? What's going on in your small group? What's, you know, there are no those answers. Because are all a part it's of like, God's well, I haven't will. had time for that. I've been wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, maybe you want to look, if you're trying to, if you really want to know what God wants, like there are like nine things we know for sure right. he wants. right. Maybe we should aim at those before we move on to the more obscure questions. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes it can feel like, you know, I've, we've ha- I've had those conversations where somebody is asking this question out of really good desire, desire to please God and do what he wants. And, and part of me wants to say from 
even a logical perspective, knowing who God is, God is not petty enough to not let his, his plan and his fame go forward based on us not checking all the right boxes. I think it, it, sometimes we even overestimate you know, how much our decisions matter in the grand scheme of, of what God is doing. Right. We can think, okay, well, if I make the wrong decision, then somehow I'm going to submarine what God's trying to do in the world, which is kind of a preposterous thing. Incredibly right? narcissistic, yeah. 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 And an awful lot of us, too, can I would suppose everybody around this table can look back on our lives and see a decision that we thought, if I had to do over again, I would have, I, I thought back then, you know, a couple of years into that decision, it was a bad decision. Well, Jimmy, you majored mathematics, right? I did. That's yeah. true. Seems like just a bonehead thing to do to prepare for a ministry. And yet, here you are. Yeah. And I mean, that was one of those things where I, yeah, if, if I had known from the beginning that that God wanted me to do a certain thing and wanted me to end up here at Christ Community Chapel, maybe that would have changed my decision of where I go to undergrad, college, and what degree I get. But the reality is to think that my decisions could stand in the way of right. what God wanted to do would be a little bit ridiculous. Because if majoring in math didn't keep you out of the ministry, I don't know what else will. That's the <laughs> but thing. he keeps really good attendance records. I mean, <laughs> he yeah, counts. I, if, I have to, if anybody needs something counted, I'm here and I'm ready, I'm ready to do it. But if you look back at even, Joe, is those decisions you're talking about that we wish maybe we could have back or we even think we would do differently... I think the point is that none of those decisions kind of turned off the spigot of God's grace. Right. That as you look back, you go, boy, if I had that do over again, I would do it differently. But like, look how faithful God was. Look, look how, because I know, Jimmy, you met your wife in school, right? Mm-hmm. So even if you had been like, I'm going to go into ministry and I'm going to go to a different school then and I'm going to, you know, so much in your life would be so different right now. So it's easy to look back and say, hey, maybe I would do that differently, but also God was faithful. God was gracious. God was, and I guess that's the point I'm trying to make is when it's truly a freedom or a wisdom decision, it's not a God said thou shalt or thou shalt not kind of thing. Uh, either way, whatever decision you make, it's not going to turn off the spigot of God's grace. Right. Right? That has been forever opened for you in, in Jesus Christ. And I think, yeah, I think that's a really important point for us to, to continue to, to make because I think a lot of times we have a temptation to think of ourselves in God's eyes with this sort of stock up or stock down mentality. Yeah. And so if I've made a couple of good decisions and I've been doing, spending time reading the Bible and I've been praying and I've been faithful in church attendance, then my stock with God is up. And yeah. on the other hand, if I have kind of fallen away or I'm slipping in some areas, then my stock is down. And that can impact our decision making, but I think that it, that's yeah. a, obviously a very incorrect way of thinking about God because there is no stock up or stock down. He's kind of shown, permanently shown us up. permanently pleased with us because of what Jesus did on yeah, our behalf. I also think biblical theology is really helpful here because uh, I think a lot of really bad passages get pulled out as uh, kind of guides to decision-making. I think of like Gideon putting the fleece out or um, some other passages like that because... Give an explanation of biblical theology first. Yeah, so just seeing the Bible as a as an overall story that's headed somewhere, that right. doesn't end with Gideon. Gideon is a small part of a trajectory because when Jesus shows up, and Jesus is the new Adam, right? He's the template for who we're meant to be. And I remember this really became clear to me when I studied the, uh, what is it, John 11 in the story of Lazarus. And uh, Jesus lingers, right? Lazarus dies. Then Jesus shows up. Everybody says, if you'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. And Jesus does this incredible thing. He prays. But when he prays, he says, uh, basically, if I'm paraphrasing in his prayer, he says, look, I'm not praying, God, so that you would do this. I know you're going to do this. He said, I'm praying so that they will know you're going to do this. And you see, the difference between Gideon and Jesus is that Gideon is 
guessing at who God is. He's not quite sure he can trust God, right? God says, do this thing again. He's like, ah, it's a big thing. I don't know, right? Jesus absolutely unequivocally knows who God is. He knows what God is doing. And I see so many Christians who are trying to like go back to the Gideon way of doing things, as opposed to saying Jesus has made it possible for us to become intimately acquainted with the character of God in such a way that I really think a lot of these decisions become clearer to us, that we can act with confidence and decisiveness because we know who God is. Obviously, we're not Jesus, but Jesus is showing us that it's meant to be that we know God so well that we're confident. I think you see this in Paul and Acts when Paul's like, I'm going to go to Asia. And then, <laughs> then God's like, no, you're not. You're going to go to Macedonia. And Paul right. goes, I'm going to go to Macedonia. He yeah. doesn't He doesn't agonize. You know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't say like, oh, why was I thinking Asia? I'm a terrible Christian. I always say he's like one of those remote control cars. You have a kid where you run it full tilt and it hits the wall and it flips over and just keeps going full tilt. I mean, that was that was Paul. And I think Paul's showing that like God's not keeping score. So it makes sense to me to go to Asia. But if at some point God wants to intervene, Great. I'll, yeah. I'll do that too. Yeah. If God really doesn't want you to do something, yeah. Yeah, he has the power to, yeah. to stop it, right? Yeah. Like when he sends the burning bush, Moses knows. Like he doesn't walk away. He's walk, he, he does argue that he doesn't want to, but he doesn't walk away going, was that God? Right. Was that not Why God? Was that bush doing that? When you said, you know, that you said that it often paralyzes people when they can't make a decision. And I think no decision is, is so much worse than just picking a decision in a it lot of a cases right. uh, because you're, you're just sitting back. And I think every decision, if we look at it as like an opportunity to actually trust God and take a step forward, Joe, you say this all the time that you always feel like God gives you kind of like a, a, a flashlight down at your feet where you take a step and you don't always see the whole thing. So just to steal that from you, I think there's an opportunity here where you may not see the whole plan but you have an opportunity to take a step. And with every step, you get to trust God. And if it goes badly, then if anything, if the only thing that comes out of it is that you are more dependent on God than ever before, that's probably exactly what he wanted. Right. You know, I mentioned before that, you know, the Bible talks a lot about wisdom, right? And wisdom is not is taking knowledge and applying it to your life. So, you know, what Zach's been saying, what we've all been saying is that the more my knowledge of God grows, uh, the more wisdom I will have access to. And then as I apply that to my life, then I make decisions based on that wisdom, based on the knowledge that I have of God. So Yeah, it's uh yeah, I think it's that knowing and being not doing, right? Like knowing God and just living that knowledge out, resting in the gospel. But I think one other practical thing I'd give is if you're facing a big decision is I think this is why living in community is so important. Right. Because yeah. I think sometimes uh, there are things at work in my decision-making that I don't see that other people around me will see. Yeah, you know? making decisions in a vacuum is dangerous. Yeah, because yeah. I think I'll say, well, I could really do either one, and people will listen to me and be like, oh, well, Zach, it seems like actually greed is driving you to this one, or pride is, right. like, I don't think it's as even as you think it is, right? And I just can't see it. I, I just, that's who I am. I can't see it. So I think living in community is really helpful. The hard part is if you live in absence of community and then you face a big decision, you can't retrofit that. <laughs> Like you, you can't build that kind of trust with someone where they can, the time to build community is now so that when a big decision comes up, they know you, they know what they're listening for and you trust them. Uh, I think that's a really helpful thing to have when community, uh, I mean, when a, making a big decision. Yeah. And, and your community needs to be people who also know God. Yeah, that's or right. Or know yeah, God better say, than yeah, you do, no, that's, right? That's good, because yeah. I see so many people do that. They, go, advice, they ask yeah. the wrong people for advice and people who don't know God, who don't have their same values. Yeah. 
So, and I, and I think too, sometimes people go to pe- to other people that they know will answer the way they want it to be answered in the first place. Like if you're making a decision- Curate your yeah, voices. Right. <laughs> if you're going to make a decision based on greed and you, you kind of know that, kind of don't know that about yeah, yourself, yeah. you go to the people- He's who, also greedy. He'll right, think it's great. Right. Yeah. He'll go, absolutely. Go, to, go for that. Well, the other thing is I think that, you know, we need to be careful in that community and be aware of, wary of somebody misusing that- platform that you give them if you're talking about making a decision. So, you know, something that always kind of gives me a red flag is if somebody tries to tell me, God told me to tell to you, tell to you yeah. that you're supposed right. to do this, right. because then yeah. it makes me think, well, when is God going to tell me what he told you That's to tell right. me? He knows right. my number. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, right. I feel like we have the same connection. And so, yeah. and, but that's also for us as followers of Jesus, when we're living in community with others, we need to be careful not to misuse that influence that we have yeah. on people and try to manipulate right. their direction by saying, oh, this is what I think God told me for you. Again, this is where knowing the scriptures is so helpful because the writer of Hebrews tells us we don't need another mediator between us and God. We have Jesus. So if God wants to get your attention, he doesn't have to work through your neighbor or your friend or he can come straight to you. So it doesn't mean you don't hear the counsel of a friend. I think you absolutely do. I think just no one speaks for God but God. No one speaks for God but God. Uh, I also think, I want to go back to something Joseph because I think it's so important. Uh, I didn't have a category growing up for the will of God being for me to suffer. And I'm not sure people do. And I think if we really want to know the will of God, uh, we have to have categories for things like the book of James. It says, count it all joy when you experience uh, trials. We have to understand that Jesus suffered. Remember, I mean, this is a great, Jesus sought the will of God in the garden the night he was arrested, right? And he asked, he said, if there's any other way, and he got to know. And understand that sometimes Jesus, the son of God in all his splendor, could get a no when he wanted a yes, like so can you. And I think just to be open to, we all need to be open to that the will of God may be less money. It may be less safety. It may be less health, less security. Uh, again, we, you can go too far with that, but just I think sometimes we don't have a category for considering. You get two job offers and one pays $20,000 more, you just assume, well, of course that's the one. You know, Take a second look, because sometimes the will of God is to glorify himself in our suffering. Right. Yeah, and I, I have mentioned this before because I'm kind of captivated by it. At the end of Genesis, Jacob is looking back on his life and Jacob's life has been one that's been filled with difficulty and suffering. And he ends up saying, uh, the Lord has been my shepherd all the days of my life. And sometimes looking back, you see God directing much more than it felt like he was directing at the time. Uh, so I don't know if if Jacob felt like he had made some bad decisions in his life or whatever, but he realized the sovereignty of God had been at work all the way through his life and the Lord had been his shepherd. So I kind of want to finish like this. You know, we've talked a lot in sort of theoretical terms about thinking about God, decision-making. I wondered, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot, Zach, a little bit, but even recently, you've kind of worked through a big decision to move to a new role here with Orchard NEO and the church planning initiative that we're starting. And so I I was wondering if you would maybe give us a little bit of insight into how that decision went, because you were previously in a role at City Church and kind of how you thought that through, how you sensed God was leading you in a certain direction. Yeah, I I think just briefly, a couple of things influenced it. One is knowing the heart of God, that the heart of God is for lost people to hear the gospel, that the the mind of God is that that happens through the ministry of the local church, uh, that the burden of God would be uh, that so many areas in in Northeast Ohio don't have local churches. That's not good. That's not okay. I know that's not what God wants. So knowing that uh, made me consider it. Like just knowing that, saying can't you can't say no right away because 
These are all things that God cares about. In other words, a way of saying it would be, I care about these things only because God cares about them. Like God has taught me to care about them, right? And so starting there, and then I think being honest about who I am, uh, what my gifts are, what they're not, what, what, you know, and just seeing if there's intersection there and understanding that God has wired me for the work he has for me and, uh, and considering whether or not, I think looking at the impact of my decision, right? So I have nothing but confidence in the elders at City Church to, to lead that church well. So saying, you know, my impact of leaving there, I, I hope is felt in some way, but won't be devastating. But if I say no to this, who else will do that? What would be the impact on the other end of doing that? And, uh, and I think in all those things, it, it just brought clarity, right? So that for Amy and I, we were saying, this is what the Lord wants to have happen. In his providence, he's put it before us. We didn't seek it out. We didn't, he put it before us. Then who are we to say no? Right, let's let's move forward. All the other pieces of it, the relationships we're leaving, the you know, buying and selling a house, kids moving schools, all that, that's window dressing, right? What we were clear on is this is the heart of the Lord, and the Lord gives opportunities. We we don't we don't manufacture them. And and so in that way it was uh it was helpful. But my point would be that it's so easy to look at that decision in a vacuum, like look at it as just like uh, this thing unto itself. But that decision was years in the making. I mean, whether it was coming to see God's heart for the lost, coming to see that the local church is the mechanism, seeing that at City Church, believing church planting can work here in this region, you know, meeting meeting Joe and talking to him and hearing uh, meeting you guys and hearing CCC's heart, like so many things went into that. So that when it came time to actually make the decision, it was... It, I don't want to say it's easy, but in, in some sense, it was a lot easier than you think it would be because it was easy to see how the Lord had been at work. You know, I, I just think sometimes, like, spiritual disciplines are so helpful here, just knowing the heart of God, knowing the mind of God, having a relationship with God. So when things come up, like, if you ask me right now, hey, I want to buy your family dinner tonight, what, what, what would they want? I instantly can shrink all the options down because I know my family, right? Instantly. So you wouldn't say, I just need, sorry, I need to go pray. They won't. <laughs> Just give me no more than 12 hours, and I'll tell you an answer. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And no one would, right? No one would. But that's the point, because I know my family. And so my advice is, like, start learning the Lord now. Seek his heart now, because you don't know when major decisions pop up on you, right? But don't start then. Start now, and you'll find it's a lot. I think it's a lot easier to move forward. And like Paul, you'll say, I'm going to go to Asia, and God, you can reroute me anytime. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, and one of the things we want to continue to do is make the connection between our faith in Jesus and our everyday lives. So if you have a question or topic that you'd like to hear discussed, feel free to email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. And if you want more information about Christ Community Chapel, our church, you can go to our website, which is www.ccchapel.com. Thanks for listening.